Welcome back to Yes, Functional Longevity Podcast. We give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Hi, my name is Chris Borda, best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness, coming to you live from Yes Fitness afternoon on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. It is a gorgeous week of weather. Anyone who had the opportunity to be off this week or play a little bit of hooky and get out early, take advantage of it because this is a beautiful week of weather. Who knows how many more of these we're going to get, right? First, we've got just a little bit of housekeeping today. This is the beginning of week four, and in week four is the first time we try on our jeans and our drop two sizes challenge. It's kind of exciting because a lot of times people feel like nothing has happened, changes haven't occurred. We don't allow them to get onto a scale because a scale is a very negative feedback device for most people. They get on the scale and ultimately they look and see every single time that it says fat and they typically are not hungry. Uh, pardon me, they're typically not happy. So we don't let you get on the scale during this challenge. And I think from what I've seen, the changes that people have made and how hard they're working at their exercise and their hydration and their stress and their sleep and their nutrition, of course, nutrition is number one factor. I think there are going to be some pleasant surprises this evening. The jeans will not fit. They may not even be able to button them, but they're going to notice a difference on how they get on. Now they slip on, and that will just spearhead them for the next four weeks, a little over four weeks, to get the results that they're looking for. So uh, good luck to everyone that's in that challenge or program with us. So where I'd like to start with here is I was reading a few new studies on how much cardio or cardiovascular work we should do to improve our health and to improve our chances to live longer and to live better. And I read some recent research from the National Cancer Institute and Harvard University and a bunch of other institutes gathered and pulled all this data together. And um, this is what they came up with. And I think it's kind of important because I, you know, when I have people come into the facility and I ask them, well, how much, how often do you want to exercise? How often do you want to train? And sometimes they say five days a week or three days a week, or whatever it is. Ultimately, what you're trying to do in your program is based upon what your goal is. So these recommendations today come from the Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. And there's the exercise guidelines for average adults who want to improve their health, who, who want to live longer. And I want to show you some study as to they're pretty much spot on with what they're talking about to be able to really make some changes in how long you could possibly live. So the guidelines right now stand at for aerobic activity. And next week I'm going to talk about strength training and strength uh, activities. But this week we're just going to talk about aerobic activity. Um, you want to get 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity every week or a combination of both. So a combination might be 50 minutes of vigorous and 50 minutes of moderate aerobic activity. So for every one minute of vigorous activity, it counts for two minutes of moderate intensity. So try to figure that out as you, as you plan your week. And at the end, we'll talk about, you know, what, what your plan might want to look like. 
because you're going to find out that too much is not an advantage and you really want to find that sweet spot okay so another thing is you don't want to try to do this all at once you want to get up and do all your exercise in one day or two days you want to kind of spread it out during the week um, it's going to give you better benefits greater health benefits and things like that and if you want to take it to the next level to provide just a little bit more health benefits and maybe help with some weight loss or maintain some weight loss you want to try to get to 300 minutes of moderate intensity activity and 150 minutes of vigorous exercise every single week that's the recommendation but keep in mind that even a small amount of physical activity are very helpful if you can't reach those goals every single week something is better than nothing being active for short period of time throughout your day can also add up and provide some health benefits. So you don't necessarily need to get there, go to a facility and say, ah, oh, you know, I just don't have a, a half an hour of my day or an hour of my day to exercise. You can do it in different bouts. You can do 15 minutes in the morning. You can try to get 15 minutes at lunchtime. You can try to get 15 minutes after dinner. There you have 45 minutes, okay, of your 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity. And then we're going to define modern vigorous in just one second but what scientists believe to possibly two reasons why cardiovascular workouts may extend longevity and one is by multiplying your mitochondria the powerhouses within our cells so what happens is when scientists damage mitochondria in mice and certainly humans are not mice but we do a lot of studies on mice because they're, they're kind of some some parallels to it okay the mice or the animals die faster and we know that mitochondrial dysfunction results in inflammaging in humans thus affecting our longevity so there's one thing we want to get the, the the as many mitochondria as we possibly can we want them to be as strong as we possibly can and that helps with just our whole energy level as we get older and things like that but also cardio workouts may extend longevity by stressing the body's um, sirtuin pathways or protective pathways in the body, which tells the body to hunker down and it's kind of a survival mode and let's, let's do what we can to help the body survive. So there's two ways that they think that cardiovascular exercise will help us live longer. It just kind of makes sense. Do we need to do studies to know that? I think it just kind of makes sense. But a lot of research out there for uh, backing that up. So let's just define moderate and vigorous intensity, okay, activity. So moderate aerobic ex exercise defined by the CDC is things like a brisk walk, biking, swimming, mowing your lawn. You're going to get your heart rate up some, but not a, not a tremendous amount. So vigorous aerobic exercise would include activities such as running, heavy yard work, aerobic dancing. Heavy yard work like last week I was – wrestling with uh, an aerator in my backyard for two hours and then I ended up raking for about six hours so I don't know if raking would be considered vigorous activity but I can tell you by the end of the day I was exhausted so so your activity you know I'm not sure our creator had intentions for us to have gyms in our lives because we don't get enough activity we don't mow our lawn, lawn lawns anymore we don't shovel our own driveways because of the area we live in maybe we're not willing to get in our cars and drive and be able to bike and swimming you know where are we going to swim in this area we got to get to the gym 
we got to get to the, the coaching center to get some of that cardiovascular activity in to make sure that we get enough in our day. So as a general goal, you want to aim for about 30 minutes of moderate physical activity every single day. If you do it every day, 7 times 5 is 35, you'd certainly, um, pardon me, 7 times 3 is 21, and you would certainly hit that 150 minutes per week goal, right? And you want to also think about reducing the time that you're sitting because sitting time is important. The more hours we sit each day, the higher your risk for metabolic problems are. So sitting too much can negatively impact your health and longevity, even if you're hitting the recommended amount of physical daily activity. And some research has also found that people who've lost weight may be less likely to keep the, off, the weight off if they were to sit less during the day. Hmm. Kind of common sense. So think about it. If you're going to a facility or you're getting out and you're walking for your 30 minutes a day and then you're sitting on your butt the rest of the day, I don't really think that's going to work. That's not what's intended here. Yeah, we want to have some intended physical activity, but you also want to be able to keep moving throughout our day. And brief activities give us benefit, right? So if you can't go for 30 minutes at one point in time during the day, maybe do 10 in the morning, 10 at lunchtime, 10 after dinner, okay? Any activity is better than none at all. And what's most important is making regular physical activity part of your lifestyle. So, you know, we've had a, a summer that wasn't too hot. Everybody's outside and they're doing some walking outdoors. And, you know, I thought it was great when I saw during COVID how many people were out walking in the afternoon and evenings. But we're in the Northeast now. What's going to happen? It's going to start to get colder. It's going to get to dark out. It's going to start to snow, maybe some cold rain. And that's going to cut into your ability to get outdoors or cut into some people's ability to get outdoors. You don't want to be slipping on ice. You don't want to be hit by a car because it's dark out. So you need to make some type of effort, whether it is you're going to get down into your base and doing some workouts, which is very challenging to do, or you need to get down to the coaching center to do that, right? You can also try some high-intensity interval training, which, if you don't know what that is, is, is an alternating bout of short bursts of high-intensity activity. So maybe 30 seconds. Uh, that high-intensity bout can actually last up to two minutes if, it, if you can last that long and a sub subsequent recovery period, which depending upon how hard you work, that recovery should be long enough for you to recover, actually recover. So you don't want to be working real hard for 30 seconds and resting 30 seconds hard, 30 seconds rest, 30 seconds. And I'm going to tell you why in just a minute, because that may not be the most efficient way to improve your health, improve your chances for longevity, and help reduce the risk for the damage you might be doing to your heart. So think about rest as being rest. And this is where heart rate monitor comes into uh, um, effect here. And that's why we use heart rate monitors. We always want to make sure that we're working in enough intensity, but we're also making sure we're getting enough rest. And we'll talk about that, like I said, in a few seconds. But, but it could certainly just be something like uh, what we call fartlek training, where it's not very scientific, where maybe you go for a brisk walk for a, for a period, and then you go for a leisurely walk. Or you do a leisurely walk or a brisk walk, and then you get to a point where you jog. Okay, so maybe every other mailbox you jog, or every, light, every other lamppost you jog, or every other 
30 seconds or every other minute you jog for 30 seconds, something like that. It's not as scientific, it's not as efficient as using a heart rate monitor, but it is creating some intensity. And intensity is where it's at, quite honestly. That's what you want to do. You want to get some intensity. So you may not be able to run. You may not be able to jog. But hey, let's find an area where we have some hills, like maybe like something down in Sessions Woods, where you get some intensity because you're walking up and down the hill in your neighborhood. Okay? Yeah, there is a sweet spot on how much cardiovascular exercise you should do. Too much and too intense can lower your life expectancy. Yeah, too much is not a good thing. So endurance cardio tends to be a lot riskier, okay? In a large part because the body does not have enough time to recover and repair the damage. When I talk about endurance cardio, I'm talking about people that go out and ride, run five, 10 miles a day, okay? Extended extreme cardio sets put in motion inflammatory mechanisms that damage and prematurely age your heart. And, you know, Probably a marathon runner is going to live longer than somebody who's not running marathons, okay? But too much is not a good thing. Your heart pumps about five quarts of blood per minute when you're just sitting, okay? Right now I'm pumping about five quarts of blood per minute. But when you go running, it goes up to 25 to 30 quarts. And the body isn't designed to pump this amount of blood for hours on end, day after day. It needs recovery. When you push it this way, your heart basically enters a state of volume overload, we call it, okay? That stretches the walls of your heart muscles and literally breaking the fibers of heart. It's damaging your heart. And failure to fully recover between runs compounds the problem. Most endurance athletes live in a perpetual post-workout state that resembles chronic oxidative stress. This repetitive and relentless damage to the heart muscle increases inflammation that leads to an increased plaque formation because plaque is your body's way of bandaging the linings of your inflamed arteries. We know you don't want plaque, right? So over time, as more damage is inflicted, the heart enlarges what's called hypertrophy and forms scar tissue or cardiac fibrosis. In MRIs taken on long-time marathoners revealed an abundant scarring all over their hearts. And scientists have also measured elevated cardiac enzyme levels after extreme exercise. And it seemed just like they were having a heart attack, which can only mean one thing. This type of exercise is damaging to your heart. Multiple studies have shown that immediately after marathoning, 30 to 50% of the runners showed an increased level of enzymes and biomarkers that are typically released during heart attacks and associated with heart failure. How can that possibly be good? Most of the damage seems immediately after the race and goes away within a few months, okay? Within a month or so. It's only when the heart is consistently and repeatedly damaged that the scar tissue builds up. So you got to give your heart some time. If you're going to go run a marathon, if you ran that Hartford Marathon, give your body, give your muscles, and give your heart some rest, okay? Let it rest, okay? Let it recover after that bout of intense activity. It may not be intense in the sense that we're working super hard really fast, but it's intense with the amount of time. The body's just not designed to pump blood like that. And research has shown that once you reach 40 to 50 minutes of daily vigorous activity, Daily vigorous exercise or just over an hour of moderate exercise, 
the benefits for your efforts plateau and further efforts do not convey any additional improvements in life expectancy. So you, more is not better. You don't need to be killing yourself doing vigorous activity for 40 to 50 minutes. Beyond that, I mean, that it's, it's not worth it or, or going out with moderate intensity activity for over an hour if we're talking about life expectancy, okay? It could be for some other goals, but for life expectancy, this is what we're talking about. And one of the largest and longest and most recent studies to shed light on this, on this zone, found that those who walked or engaged in an, an or in another moderate intensity activity, whether it's walking or something else, they exercise for 450 minutes per week, so around an hour per day, seven days a week. They lowered the risk of premature death by 39% compared to non-exercisers. So yeah, let's get out there and do something. And you know, for an hour a day, they lowered it 39%. But those who exercised around three and a half hours a day only reduced the mortality risk by 31%. So the people who worked out for an hour reduced it 39%, and those who worked out for three and a half hours a day only reduced 31%. Why go the extra two and a half hours, I ask? That 31% is the same reduction as those who met the guidelines of 150 minutes per week. So whether you worked out 150 minutes a week, or about 20 minutes a day, or three and a half hours a day, you came out with about a 31% risk, re reduced risk of mortality, okay? Reduced the mortality risk. More is not better. Let's, smart, let's exercise smart here, okay? In a 15-year observational study, over 56,000 adults, they studied them for over three decades, found that 14,000 runners had a 19% lower risk of death compared to 42,000 non-runners. Kind of makes sense, okay? Yet, when they broke down the running groups by weekly mileage, those who ran over 20 to 25 miles per week seemed to lose their survival advantage over the non-runners. There's a sweet spot there, okay? They found that the highest degree of survival and health was found from running 5 to 20 miles total per week. 5 to 20 miles total per week. They enjoyed a 25% decrease in the risk of deaths. So don't need to go out there and do more than 20 miles a week if your goal is to live longer, okay? And you're saying to me, well, I don't run. Well, that's okay if you don't run. We're talking about getting that activity in, okay? We can do some moderate intensity activity, a brisk walk, a bike ride, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to necessarily be running. These studies are sh to show the point that more is not better, okay? So if you're out there running five miles a day, seven days a week, you are not doing your body any service. You're doing it a disservice if you're thinking about decreasing your risk for death. Ideally runs of 30 to 45 minutes over three or four days a week give the benefits, the greatest benefit, okay? 30 to 45 minutes over three to four days. When it comes to endurance cardio, previous research has shown that to optimize health benefits from running, you want to do 5 to 25, five, pardon me, 5 to 20 miles per week. Once you reach 25 or more miles per week, the, the benefit begins to be disappear. So you don't need to do that. 
and the speed at which we work out, okay? And how hard we work out makes a difference as well. So speed. Now we're talking about running long distance, okay? Endurance runners. Now I don't run this fast, but we're not talking about interval training. We're talking about people just going out there, running, running as fast as you can. Run, run, run as fast as you can. You'll never catch a gingerbread man. If you run too fast, over eight miles an hour, the benefit tends to go away. The fast runners, those who run, typically run eight miles an hour, okay, appear to get no mortality benefit compared to the non-runners. So people who ran eight miles an hour, I'm going to say this again, those who typically run over eight miles an hour appear to get no mortality benefit compared with the non-runners. This is running through nothing. Whereas those who fared best ran about six or seven miles an hour. A comfortable job for most people, not myself, honestly. We were a little bit, we have a little bit, little, uh, you know, older clientele. That's kind of pretty fast, six or seven miles an hour. But just let me get relative, okay, to where we're at. So if we're not doing eight miles an hour, if we're out there at my age and we're doing six miles an hour, which is about a 10 minute mile, so that might be okay, but to try to push that more than that might not be to our benefit. So lastly, if you run six or seven days a week, the mortality benefits also disappear. The ideal amount of mortality benefit is found to be a 30-minute run two to five days a week. Now you say, well, I'm not a runner. We can take a look at some high-intensity interval training, okay? So HIIT training may be particularly effective in adding to the longevity. So we can do that high intensity work and instead of going moderate intensity for 150 minutes or 300 minutes, let's cut that down to 75 minutes, right? So 75 minutes, if we do three days, 30 minutes, that's 60 minutes, we're right there, right? Plus a little walk here and there, we're all set. So research performed at the Mayo Clinic found that, that at 12 weeks of high intensity interval training reversed many age-related differences in how older people synthesize proteins buffering their mitochondria. And we know that one of the issues as we age is that the cells don't, in essence, clean out. We'll use the word clean out the protein, and it begins to conglomerate in the cell and eventually kills off the cell. So research shows that 30 to 40 minutes of training, and this is about training too hard here, okay, and this is one reason why I use heart rate monitors. Research shows that 30 to 40 minutes of training with your heart rate above 90% is a suggested maximum cumulative time per week to prevent symptoms of overreaching. So if you are using a heart rate monitor, you don't want to be in the red more than 30 to 40 minutes total for the whole week. Now, that's pretty tough. But I do know some people that train, and they ask the, their clients to stay in the red the whole time, to stay in the red for 30 minutes and do that three or four times a week, you know, to do some density training. So we're going to do density training. What is density training? You're going to train and do as many reps as you possibly can in a certain amount of time. So you might have three exercises, and you're, you're going to do as many reps as you can as eat exercise for 15 or 20 minutes, and then you count how many reps that is. Your heart is pumping. You're cranking, and I would bet that you're above 90%. Do that a couple times a week, and you're doing yourself damage. You're overreaching. You're overtraining. 
overreaching, overtraining, what will happen is you get a plateau or a drop off in your training progress. So what good is that? You're training, but you're not getting better. You get an increase in musculoskeletal injury, so you're going to hurt yourself. You increase your frequency of illness because you're not helping your immune system. You're, you're overdoing it, and you're hurting your immune system. You're going to feel exhausted rather than energized after your exercise. All day long, you're going to feel exhausted rather than feeling great. It's going to disrupt your sleep. You're going to become moody. You're going to have a short fuse. You're going to get depressed. So you, you really want to limit the time you spend with your heart rate above 90% to a maximum of 30 to 40 minutes per week. And so balance it out with some other less demanding workouts. So get there, okay? And let's let's do some metabolic training. Let's get our heart rates up. Let's do that a couple times a week. And then a couple times a week, let's have some recovery workouts. Because at this point, the benefits plateaued. And the research has found that they never significantly declined. So this is part of the research that I was talking about a, a few minutes ago up at um, American Cancer Society and um, Harvard University and things like that. What they found with these studies that they had done recently is that benefits plateau. And they never really significantly decline, but they plateau and they don't get better. Just like we talked about in that study where they did three and a half hours compared to 450 minutes. Three and a half hours, you got the same benefit as going for 150 minutes. And what they saw was in their studies that those few individuals engaged in 10 times or more the recommended exercises dose gained about the same reduction in mortality risk as people who simply met the guidelines. So to sum that up, 75 minutes of brisk walking per week equates to about one and a half years of life expectancy as opposed to staying sedentary. So start somewhere. Even if you say, okay, what's another one and a half 1.8 years. Oh, when you get to the end, you say, okay, tomorrow's a day, or I could have gone for another 1.8 years or two years. You might have thought about, hey, you know what, I should have gone out and walked a little bit, okay? That's opposed to doing nothing, being a sedentary lifestyle. Increase that to about 150 to 299 minutes of brisk walking per week, and your gain of life expectancy goes up to about 3.4 years. Take that to 450 minutes per week, and the estimated life expectancy jumps to 4.5 years. So, you know, that's about where we're going to get to, okay? Because if we go much more than 450 minutes, we know that it's not going to help that much more. So it kind of plateaus off. And the research also found that people whose weight is above the recommended level still benefit from physical activity. So if you still are a little bit overweight, okay? get out there and move. The studies indicated that the best results were obtained by those individuals with normal weight who exercise. Those people added 7.2 years to their life expectancy compared to people with a BMI or body mass index of 35 or more. So normal BMI is between 18 and a half and 24.9. So you got to get moving. The thing to do is to move. Try not to move too much, actually. Try not to push it too hard. If we're working about, if we're talking about increasing our life expectancy, 150 minutes of moderate intensity, 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity activity, 75 to 150 minutes of intense activity. If you're going to do some high interval training, high, uh, high interval, uh, high 
intensity interval training. I don't know why I couldn't get that out. You want to try to keep an eye on how much you're doing, okay? You want to keep that less than 30 to 40 minutes of in the red zone, not total, but in the red zone. So if you are training and you're training in a facility, training on your own, you might be thinking, okay, I'm going to work real hard. I'm going to work for 40 seconds. I'm going to rest for 30 seconds. I'm going to work 30 seconds on, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and you're in the red zone, okay? And you do that a couple times a week, and you are not, okay, getting the benefits to improve your longevity. If you're out there running, you want to stay between 5 and 20 miles a week. You don't want to run too, run too fast. I don't know. I know some people that can run eight miles an hour. It's not me. So you want to do that a few times a week to get the benefits. So as I always say around here, more is not better. Harder is not always better. Let's train smart. Let's train for the goal that we want to train for. Remember, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about longevity. And um, you'll feel better. You'll enjoy li life longer. Let's train smart. So you can look for more tips from down here at Yes Fitness next Tuesday where we give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. I want to thank you for taking the time to watch today. I always appreciate you taking the time to listen to what I have to say. If you have any questions, certainly leave it in the comments. Swing by and ask me a question. Give us a call. Email us. Message us on Facebook. Whatever works best for you, and I'd be happy to give you a hand with any of this that we talked about today. Get outside. Enjoy this beautiful day, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks.